welcome to another episode of Living and Ultra Life. And this week, I am joined by one of my favorite people in the world, and it is just such a pleasure to finally get a chance to chat with him, Mr. Brian Million. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Yeah. Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, Happy New Year. Uh, it's it's been a blur. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine there. There is so much new going in and going on in your life. But let's just kind of start with, you know, tell us a little bit about who Brian is. What does he do when he's uh, not doing the ultra scene and running and stuff like that? I am a husband, a father of three kids. I have a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 9-year-old. So that right there is a lot. I am a realtor by occupation. That's the basic starter answers yeah, that, there. That's the starter. <laughs> and then you decided that you were bored and didn't have enough on your plate. And so you started a run company, the Winding Way Run Company recently. And how is the launch for that going? It's great. It's a, a lot of work like I knew it would be. But it's it's one of those things where you might be tunnel vision for a good chunk of hours, maybe even if all goes correctly with other things in life, you know, a full work day, if you're able to squeeze that in and and it doesn't really feel like work a lot of the times, especially if you're making progress on the agenda for the day. <laughs> right. If right. not, then it could be it could be uh, something different. But uh, yeah, it, it's great. It's 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 a lot of fun so far. And along with that, you actually bought a race in 2023. Yes. Took over ownership of a race. How, do, how does that work? Bought or took over ownership? Uh, same thing. Uh, yeah, okay. I acquired. Uh, had a conversation and, and uh, acquired it. Um, yeah. So tell uh, us a little bit about the race that you are taking over. Okay. Uh, it's Terrapin Mountain. It is a 50K and a half marathon. It's been going on for 16 years now, and it's part of the Lynchburg Ultra Series. And before Grindstone became part of UTMB, it was also part of what they call the Beast Series, which is just a great group of races. Uh, I've been out to a couple of them now in a more a volunteer status. I've not run any of them myself except for Grindstone. But yeah, it's it's in March. It started. The backstory is it started with a half marathon distance run, kind of unofficially, but kind of like you know a annual group run type thing, and then it turned into the event that it is now. That's amazing. And what part of Virginia does this take place in? Basically, outside of the Lynchburg area. It's north of Lynchburg, kind of between there and Natural Bridge area. Okay. So is it yeah. is any of it on the Appalachian Trail or just near it? It's near it. Yeah, there's there's a part of the 50k course that gets pretty close to it, but it doesn't cross over. Okay. And is it in a state park or what's it defined as? It's in the George Washington Jefferson National Forest. Okay. All right. So it's just part of that huge trail series that whole makeup of trails all through the George Washington National Forest then. Say again. Right? Is it all yeah. part? It's all part of the so there because there's tons of trails in there that I don't think most people even know about unless they live up there. Yeah, I mean there are a lot 
of trails up there. Uh, I've been scouting and, you know, looking to create some other races. And it's kind of crazy because, I mean, it's it's also tricky, too, because not all these trails get trail maintenance. Okay. So they're, they might be a little tricky during the growing season. <laughs> I found that hey. out, too. <laughs> <laughs> you found that out the hard way, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I very much did. Yeah, I mean. Since, you know, I'm out here in Virginia Beach, I'm a flatlander, putting on a mountain race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, going out there and scouting it and realizing which trails get the maintenance and which don't. And, you know, you're going shoulder high through stinging nettles. And that is just a practice and restraint because if you start itching, it it just gets worse. So you got to about every, you know, 10 minutes if you hit it the wrong way you, you gotta suck it up for a good another three or four minutes before it subsides that's so, crazy and you've done a lot yeah. of scouting out there thinking about some other races that you can add to the run company right yes yes i don't post those on strava <laughs> right <laughs> but uh yeah they I've look like my runs there. on strava you're you're saying they're a little bit slower you know more in the, no. the turtle mode <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just I, I just keep it a little close, right? And on, right. The, on the deal, I don't, you know, I'm just trying to <laughs> yeah, just trying to just trying to figure out what other races you can put on, right? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So tell yeah. us a little bit about what have you experienced so far getting ready for Terrapin Mountain, and like, are, are there still spots available in Terrapin Mountain? Yes, there are. Our capacity is is four hundred. I haven't checked it today. Uh, we still have it. Only, it's a. It's kind of funny where it only opens uh, December first, so it's really you only have three months of open registration for this. And I kept okay. that the same this year. And last year, the data basically showed that it's uh, equivalent signs up signups between December, January, and February. So we're a little over a third of the way full. Maybe maybe. 40% full at the moment. So, yeah. But it's And it yeah. this sounds like it's probably one of those ones that it starts filling up closer to time. Yeah, I mean people are signing up every day, but it yeah, it's not uncommon for people to sign up, you know, at the end of February for this race. Right. And it's close enough. I mean, everybody that's here in the Hampton Roads area, it's close enough that, you know, it's a day trip up there and run a 50k or a half marathon and be home by evening right yeah absolutely uh the hub has a place to to camp there as well if you want to do some rough camping people come up packet pickup is open even the night before the race the race starts at seven and we have a packet pickup before the race but you can also come the night before and pick up the packet camp out wake up run 50k and then go home yeah (laughs) That's awesome. So race directing is, it's just a breeze, right? You just kind of show up, you roll out the starter mat, you send people off and that's pretty much all you do, right? Yeah. It's just really answering emails. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) there's there's not a whole lot of back stuff that goes on, right? No. I mean, this race has been going on for long enough. I don't even think I need to mark the course. I think people should just figure (laughs) it out. (laughs) I don't need to do any trail maintenance. I don't need to make sure that people are safe. They've got this. They know what to do. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So now that everybody knows we're lying, what has it been like in all the preparations? Just kind of give us, you know, a little bit 
a little snippet of what it's like to prepare for a race? Uh, well, this one in the situation where I'm kind of coming into a race that has already existed is a little bit unique in the sense of I'm being handed a baton, so to speak. Um, and this baton is a, is a great baton. It's just a little different. Um, you know, there are people that volunteer at this race every year. I already have aid station captains for wow. all the aid stations. They were there last year. They support this race. I've been in contact with them, and and they're game to become the aid station this year, uh, aid station captain this year. So, it's it's a little unique in that there's a little bit of extra communication as far as what's going into these aid stations, what's been kind of par for the course to have there. Um, how can I kind of make sure I want the stuff there? without adding more work, you know, like maybe just providing extra resources. That part is, is kind of unique. The other things I'm just kind of doing behind the scenes is obviously I've been in touch with the, the U.S. Forest Service, with those folks over there who are big supporters of, of this race and trail recreation just overall, and just making sure that everything is done the way it's been done. Uh, these years, which is the right way. You know, you have people in place, medical directors there, uh, and they've been volunteering and supporting uh, not only this race, but the the other Lynchburg races as well. And I've met, I've met some of those folks. There's two-way radio club folks that... Oh, like a ham, also, ham radio yeah. type of thing? Oh, cool. Yeah, there's a ham radio group of people out there. And they support all the races out there. And so there's just a lot of spots out there where you don't have cell service. So, you know, they're making sure we're accounting for all the runners, that everybody makes the checkpoint. If they don't make a checkpoint, you know, where are they at? Did they drop? Let's check the list. You know, keep that updated and and communicated uh, as you go. Of course, there's aid station supplies, finisher items, caterer, lots of moving pieces, just kind of project management you know event management right which is not anything new to you i mean you've been involved in project management before so this has got to be something that it's just a different environment right yeah it's just a different application there's a good bit of that within real estate and before i was in real estate i was in a hospital system uh, assisting with discharge planning so there's i'm very used to connecting the dots with communication and information exchange uh all that kind of comes pretty naturally i like lists i like putting getting things off my list you know right right so that's you know and and some of that's not really like fun so to speak but the progress of it is fun and getting things to where they're done but the the bigger agenda is the experience you know you're you're wanting to build all these pieces are just a little pieces of the experience for both the runners and the volunteers. I kind of put that on the same plane because without volunteers, you cannot do these things. I'm, I mean, I might be, you know, a a one man show RD wise, but there's going to be a lot of people doing heavy lifting there for me. Uh, And it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a a team effort and I want to make sure I take care of the volunteers. That's for awesome. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. And we're we're about two months away, right? March sixteenth. Is that the date? 
Oh man, there's still a few things to do. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, cuz I mean, have you left. even started doing like your trail maintenance type of stuff? Nope. <laughs> I I should be getting out there. The course does have a little bit of kind of out and backishness. Not not too much. But uh, you know, if you take those 31 point whatever miles it is and you take off that and then you take off uh some of the forest roads it's not an overwhelming amount i'm pretty good when it comes to just getting in the zone and be like okay i'm going to go out there for however many hours it takes to do this loop you know and and make sure everything's tidy so i'm not sweating that too much i'll I'll be out there probably in the next week or two just to kind of get a preview of things and bring some stuff with me and, and i'll be making notes uh, about what's going to take more time, but yep. yeah. That is awesome. So now one of the reasons I'm sure that you like doing this is that you like trail running, right? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and you're okay at it, right? I mean, you're, you know, you're not, you know, you're, you're not Zach Miller, you know, Jim Walmsley, uh, but you know, no. I mean, right up there somewhere <laughs> on that plane. Uh, yeah, just just I mean, if I were at UTMB this past this past year, I mean, it would have been us three up there, yeah, for sure. That's right. I <laughs> I could have seen I could have seen Brian, you know, oh, up man. there just gritting it out to the finish. You know, pressing Zach Miller to do a, a harder sprint than he did. You know, the Z- last, yeah, yeah. Zach so. is is lucky that I wasn't there. Exactly, sure. exactly. <laughs> but I mean, all all kidding aside, I mean, you've put together some pretty good races yourself, haven't you? When I'm not injured, <laughs> when I'm not injured and I'm not being foolish as far as towing the line when I maybe shouldn't tow the line. Uh, right. Yeah. It, it's kind of, gosh, I've had a, a rough year and change uh, as far as injury goes. And so lately, lately it's, it's hard to even like remember, you know, but if I if I think about it now, yeah, like I'm there's a lot of uh, the moments out there that I am really proud of, either the performance yeah. or pushing through something, maybe not even necessarily, you know, where I ended up in the field. But yeah, and I'm not one that really races a lot when I focus on a goal or put something on the radar. I tend to not do like build up races um if i'm yeah that's just kind of and right now you know i'm I'm trying to crack the code on 100 milers and flat 100 milers are way different than mountain 100 milers still both a very very long distance i don't take anything away from any 100 miler it's a long distance it's just they are different yeah (laughs) yeah very different yeah i mean what would you say the biggest difference because you've run the keys and you've run grindstone. As yeah, those hundred milers. Yeah, those What's are the, the two, biggest uh, difference between the two. It's the wear and tear of the hills, not only on on the muscles themselves, but just you know draining the engine. The grindstone was my first hundred miler, and the quads just didn't hold up. I've been doing. I was right around the the hundred k mark, and I was on a pretty long uphill. And so, you know, you kind of give the quads a break and you're not I'm steep enough. I'm not running it. I'm, I'm not one who can do that. But so my quads hadn't been working very hard. And then you 
the uphill goes down and now you're going down and then you realize that the quads, the quads, they took off, they went on vacation, they were gone. (laughs) And so that is something like mountain legs are a thing. Uh, Right. Keys that was hot. I did a lot of heat training for that. It paid off and the quads weren't a factor as far as, you know, needing the mountain legs. I, I got a, I ramped up a lot. I had some really high, for me, high peak miles. I mean, I know there's people out there that run really crazy peak miles, and usually they have a sponsor. Right. Usually that's the key behind their name, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and so at Hoka, you know. Uh, um, but no, I had I had a really good uh, build up for that, and so. You know, a little different than than grindstone as far as the actual amount of miles or time on feet. So the end of that training actually went well. Uh, but the the flat one for me, the engine held up and the legs held up. Right. So yeah, that's awesome. So when you think about you know putting on an event, like does your running does does it play a part in thinking about trails and how to how to make sure the trails are maintained and that type of thing? Do you think about that at all? Uh, maintain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not trying to recreate Barkley. I'm not trying to have people come out of this thing with like thorns stuck in them. You know, I, I right. want to make sure, uh, you know, a, a race can be gritty without, uh, it necessarily being bloody and you didn't fall down, you know? Um, right. so yeah, trail maintenance, uh, design is, is one as well. You know, I, I pour over Strava heat maps and, you know, come up with kind of I have these like little seeds of, of race ideas out there. And the course design is, is also comes into effect. I, you know, if I go out there and the trail is really tight single track, well, maybe I don't want to have people coming back on that when there's still people going the first direction. Right. So, yeah, that that kind of plays in. But. Yeah, I mean, to kind of take the question a little further, do I, as far as me like thinking about my running, when I'm like thinking about putting on a race, I don't really. And you didn't quite ask that, but that's that's what I, I where I thought you were going. So I'm going to pretend you went there. Is that okay? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, I don't know if that was your follow up question, but uh, now I think I think just the putting on a race aspect, my running kind of has little to do with that. That seed was more so planted when I started experiencing the the ultra community, the, the trail community, and just kind of seeing others out there. It's like everybody, I, I kind of say it like it's everybody for everybody, that type of mentality. And, you know, if you've ever volunteered at one of these things, you would understand that even more so if you've only run. Right. Um, is, is the fact that at that point you're solely focused on supporting others, not, not even, you don't have a race going on that day. So it's kind of a, I don't know. I just, I love that vibe. I love people out there pushing themselves, whether it's for a PR on a course that they've run nine times already or pushing themselves because they've never finished an ultra or they've never finished this distance yeah it's just oh gosh like it's just uh it kind of gives me chills like to think about that vibe it, i, I yeah. use the word vibe a lot 
No, it's good. I think that's a perfect word to use for the ultra running community. And you've actually been out volunteering at some pretty gnarly ones. Like you were out a devil dog in the rainstorm. That that was uh thank you for being out there. So. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I, I wasn't out there the whole entire time. Yeah, I got there around around midnight, but it was it was pretty fun at that moment. I that's for sure. I, I yeah. Gnarly would be uh a understatement, I think. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I got out there and within 10 minutes, you know, like knowing the conditions that evening, you know, I showed up at the aid station with a backpack of my supplies intending for them to be for me in case I got cold. But within 10 minutes, you know, I'm handing off a, a base layer shirt and my gloves <laughs> to somebody yep. who's like coming in shivering. So, yeah, yeah. But that's a great feeling because, I mean, you know that you're playing a part in making sure this person keeps moving. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love yeah. like I love be, kind of being prepared for and having those opportunities. That's why everybody should volunteer at a at an ultra run, because it's just there's just something about when you're out there fully invested and helping somebody continue to move forward in a you know positive direction. That's just deeply satisfying. And I don't even know how to describe it. Vibe is a good word. So, yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, yeah, I, 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 I love it. Uh, it's, it's kind of a catch or, or uh, it's a bummer that, you know, I'm going to be the guy exclusively at the finish line. Now, I wouldn't trade that, but that just means I can't be out on course more. So yep. I'm like, ah, I can't be at both places all the time. You know, like, ah, I want, you know, I don't know. It's, it's cool. But then like, ah. But that's why there's other races that I can volunteer at and, exactly. <laughs> and and people I can help crew and and yeah, it's good. So let's let's just say because I know that you know one of the things that you know you want to do is you know design a race and put on even some longer distance races. If I gave you any trails in the Virginia area that you wanted, what kind of race would you put on? Like oh. I went out and got all the permits for you and, and everything was taken <laughs> care of. And yeah, I even went and talked to some of the, you know, we've talked a little bit people. So, but I've even gone out and talked to some of the landowners that, you know, you got to go through just a little, like three inches of their land in order to connect the trails. I've even gone out and talked to them. What kind of race would be like your dream race to put on? Oh my gosh. That's a loaded question. Also, you know, if I pull from any of my little seed ideas, I'm showing my hand. No, um, my, no, I, I, golly, what, what kind of race? Yeah. Like distance in terms of, would there be like repeat miles or would it all be like lollipop, that type of stuff? What would it be like? I, what would the course be like? That is so hard. Like I love so many different styles and course format I, I i mean i even i dig devil dog and how it's it's loops you know like big loops i like i mean point to points are cool i haven't run a point to point oh i know i think about keys keys was a point to point it didn't feel yep. like a point to point <laughs> but it's just like, felt I like you're running them, by so, that same body of water the whole time yeah just like running <laughs> running yeah running on a sidewalk uh 
I say, I say running on the sock. No, it was, it was, it was epic. Yeah, it was, it was epic. Man, that is really good question. I was not anticipating. I like the idea. We're not going to go into any uh, divisive aspect of this topic that I'm about to say, but I like how UTMB ducks down into towns and then back out in the mountains and stuff. And and Air Viper does a good job it seems like Kokodona does that too yeah. it, it kind of like ducks into towns and then out and back on the trails i oh, golly if if and talk about an impossible logistical task uh, in virginia <laughs> especially yeah. yeah uh with something like that there's a lot of great mountain towns right near trails but they're not some of them are just not quite near enough to really pull off and, and get the get everybody behind it as far as getting authorization uh it just a really um, intriguing thought though i hadn't thought about that because that is kind of a cool spot where you know if you duck down into a town you know family support crew makes it very easy for them to come and and support the runners wow that's that's and there's not really one here in virginia that i can think of maybe yeti mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe I've I've not been out there. I want to go. Oh, gosh, I want to volunteer with that crew so bad because, once again, the word vibe. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much. Uh, I I want to glean. You know, there, especially. Uh, I could go on. Like I'm really yeah. drawn to the support that Jason Green has for his running crew there. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll, he's, I'll, he's one. He's I'll one of the best. Up. He's one of the best out there. I mean. He's developed a whole culture around, you know, the running and everything. And that's why it it's it's a it's a hard race to get into. So but yeah, yeah. that's that'd be fun. I you've got me intrigued now thinking about how you would actually pull that off in Virginia. <laughs> I don't even know if you could pull that off. Yeah, I'll I mean you'd have to I feel like you'd have to cut across some valleys. Right. Um, which would put you out on at least some farm roads for right. quite a distance. And at that point, if you're going to be quite a distance between trails, then you're talking probably over a hundred miles, you know, yeah. as far as the race distance to kind of justify those type of connections, you know, you kind of turn those into segments of the race that have their own character but it kind of has to be a smaller part of the bigger picture slash race. Yeah. Kind of like the Cowboy 200 where, you know, they, they cut across the entire state of, you know, Nebraska, but, you know, their sleep stations are these little quaint little towns that nobody goes to because they're not on the highway. Really? Yeah. I'm intrigued with that race, but I have not done a deep dive on it. I say I'm intrigued with that race. I've not run a 200 miler, but that one seems like, you know, it's, I don't, need mountain legs but you sure need durable legs for that yeah but, yeah 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 that's one that's sort of on the on my watch list hmm. yeah my my cousin and his family live out there and when it uh was announced the first time like they sent me he's like hey you should come run this i was like don't tempt me <laughs> i will please you don't will, do that and to you me. will prove me and you will regret <laughs> mentioning this. no they wouldn't <laughs> crewing you is a breeze man <laughs> yeah i don't know about 200 miles 
that, that turns into babysitting at some point. Come on. I didn't have anybody babysitting when I, when I was whining last year and calling my wife and saying, I don't think I'm ever going to run again. <laughs> Is that what you did with Swami? Yeah, that's what I did with Swami. <laughs> I was probably about 40 miles from the finish, and I called her and I said, look, I'm coming into the finish, but this may be the end of my running career. <laughs> I think yeah. I'm waiting to get to that point in an ultra. You know, you see it on on social media and Strava. Like, oh, I think I'm going to hang this up for a while, and you know, like, and then like uh, I give it like a month. Yeah, I was on it, ultra it, sign up the next week looking for a race. Yeah, so. they're out there like <laughs> yeah, signing up one day. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Always uh, fun. I don't know if that's healthy, but you know, probably not. Yeah, you know, I had somebody tell me that I was crazy the other day, and I um didn't take it personal. I they might be right. Yeah, no, I don't go down that road. I, I feel, <laughs> I feel a little crazy when I, if I'm doing a lot of training. But you know, right now I'm, you know, since I'm finally getting over an injury, I, I feel more normalized. So, so how know, how how are senses. your uh... How is your body feeling? Like, are you feeling on the upswing to being able to dive back into some races again? Or, yeah, I, I am taking it real slow. Um, yeah, I so my last race, I attempted to run Grindstone and I DNF. It was one of those things I, I should not have towed the line, but it I'd been dealing with injury for so long and was kind of just i just wanted to toe the line so i was like ah let's just roll the dice see if i can muscle through it um and so i, I dnf'd uh since then i've been feeling a lot better i've been taking it slow just kind of said you know i'm not even gonna put anything on the radar until like the fall of 2024 i've got enough on my plate to focus on i don't really need that extra pressure to kind of try to find a, a spring race to aim for and taking it real slow doing lots of strength training just trying to it's always like my hip flexors that kind of get agitated which sometimes it stems from your hip or sometimes it shows up in your calf it's it's kind of one of these things where it's your whole body man right <laughs> it's always right. just like what hurts my body my whole body exactly it hurts yeah. right here but that might not be the thing you know i have to go to pt to tell me my calf hurts because my lower back is weak i'm like yeah i get it it's all connected i understand you know i did well in a and p you know but anyway right. yeah, yeah no I, i'm i'm on the i'm on the upswing and it's it's going well so far I've, i'm finding a good balance to to fit it in and progress it each week so yeah and one of the reasons I ask that is because I think you have a lot to offer and I'm excited about you doing the race directing and even, you know, creating some some even more challenging races because you're one of those rare people who can look at your injuries and and you haven't gotten bitter about it. You've just figured been going, okay, well, how do I figure this out? And I like that approach and I like that you're taking that approach to building back up. And I think that's going to make you an even better race director because, I mean, look, there are people that are going to go out to Terrapin Mountain and guess what? They're going to DNF. Uh, don't say that. It, it happens. Yeah, you have that a bad day. You eat something wrong the night before. Yeah, it, it happens. But, you know, I, I feel like because of 
how your running career has gone, you're going to be one of the good race directors that is going to be very encouraging to people and, you know, get them back out there. And, you know, they're not going to go hit the couch because, you know, they didn't do, do as well as they thought they would in a race. Yeah, I mean, I think you can't let yourself get derailed by things. I'm really good at pivoting. Okay. <laughs> I've become really good. And, and maybe that started when, you know, when I became a parent. But in all the jobs I've had, you know, you have an agenda and you're moving towards that agenda. And then something else is thrown at you. So, like, okay, let me work this in or or reprioritize and and then like okay and then before you even finish reprioritizing something else is thrown in there you know so i'm really good at pivoting and trying to figure out what i can do got into rowing for cross training when i couldn't run just to kind of try to keep the engine primed now i mean rowing and running are very very different and right you cannot put the same amount of hours into rowing and expect that you have the same running fitness with those hours. If Had they been running hours, it's not correlative there, but it is something. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah, and, and I, I think I don't get derailed with an injury. You know, the first couple times, uh, it was it was kind of bad. You know, you get, the, you get the blues because you're not running, and you're like, your hormones start adjusting. I mean, I, I kind of ran a lot. When, when I first started running, I, when I started setting goals with ultra marathons, I was training a lot. And so, yeah, your body adapts and then you just have to roll with the punches, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I think the whole idea of adapting and, you know, building that, you know, indomitable spirit is all what it's about. And, you know, the, the more you can focus on doing that, the the better off you're going to be in the long run. Yeah. I mean, not every day is your day uh, yeah. out there. You, you, every day cannot be a PR. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I wish it would, but yeah, it doesn't <laughs> happen that way. It doesn't. You can still, no. you know, the thing the thing I've learned, and for me, I mean, I think I've talked to you about it. I mean, I had six DNFs in a row and was just so in my head about DNFing. And, and it wasn't until I was running a race down in Colorado and a race director came alongside me when I was running the race and he said, you're in your head, get out of your head. You've got to, you've got to just empty your head and just go and do the absolute best you can and be satisfied with the best that you have today. And probably was one of the best, very simple sentences that I'd ever gotten. And it was from a race director who I had never run one of his races before, but he had been paying attention to who was signing up for his races. And he, he knew who I was and he made it a point to come and encourage me. And, you know, I think there's just unique race directors like that, that know who the people in their races are and know, okay, this person could probably use a little pick me up and, and goes and does it. And but that's part of the vibe like you talk about in the ultra running community, because I, I've never really been a part of the marathon community because I, I didn't get blessed with that speed button. So I never really <laughs> grooved into that. But I don't think you'll find that in the marathon community where you've got people that are just encouraging everybody to be their best. I don't know. I mean, I've run a marathon and I've run a half marathon as far as road races go. Those were my first two. And I don't know. I don't want to take that away. I think trails are, are, are different. I think there's, there is definitely a, a little bit of a different culture 
uh, with right. with road races I mean, there's and total, there's total community in it. I think it's just more competitive. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I remember the the first thing I ever ran was uh, a marathon. It was the Silo District Marathon in, out in Waco, Texas. Uh, it's the one that Chip and Joanna Gaines started oh, okay. out there. Yeah, um, and so I, I went out and ran that. And there's a there was a section where you you go out and you do this like turnaround. So you start seeing people, you know, there's a divider in between, but you see, you start seeing people come the other way. Yeah. And, and I was like, I was actually taken aback because I knew nothing about running culture, you know, runners, personalities, the, the vibe, anything. And I was shocked at how many people actually were saying like, good job. You're doing, you're doing great. And like, these were the, the very front. Right. The like it was, I remember it kind of being a little cold and these people were like basically running in bathing suits, you know, <laughs> I was like, why? Well, I didn't know that was a thing, you know, like, right. They stay warm, you know, like, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I was like, Oh, wow. That was, that's cool. That's, that's really, that's, those people are sweet, you know, like <laughs> they're so sweet. Uh, <laughs> didn't know anything about that. So I don't, I don't want to take that away from, from road running at all. Um, I think there's, it just comes down honestly to individuals. Uh, right. You, right. You can run road races and you can run trail. You can run both. You know, especially in a place, you know, I, I see that here in Hampton Roads, where you know we we have very limited trails and we have zero mountains. Uh, there's a lot of road running. I do I do a lot of road running for training. So right. Well, you I, have I, to I, here. I, yeah. Yeah, and I'm determined to make sure that I answer that question to not turn off road runners. Did you? Did they? Do you think they got it? I think I think they got it. I think they got it. I, <laughs> hey, hey yeah. you know the the fact of, the fact of the matter is you're gonna you're going to have to run if especially if you live in a major metropolitan area, you're gonna spend the majority of your time running on roads. Yeah, it's still training. I mean, yeah. <laughs> as as much as I dislike it, I I still do it <laughs> nearly every it's, day. It's an assessment. It's an assessment. <laughs> yeah, it is. Sometimes it you is. Got to get the, the miles in. And, and, you know, I, I bill Winding Way as a trail and ultra running uh, event company because I don't want to exclude the uh, possibility that I might do something on roads. Now, right. it'll probably be an ultra. Yeah, uh, I don't think I'm, I'm I, I really don't feel compelled to go put on a, a road 10K uh, exclusive, you know, exclusively that distance. But you know, maybe something will show itself where I'm like, okay, this is a road, but it's going to be 50 mile or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. Let's bring this back to a natural close. So, you know, we talk about a lot, and this is called the living an ultra life podcast. What does it mean to you when you hear living an ultra life? Oh man, that's also kind of a loaded question. I feel like people tend to live their lives like they're going to live forever. Mm Mm-hmm. Like they have time to do the things or make the changes or be the person they want to be. But they're not really going to take that action today. They're not going to work towards it today. And in actuality, life is like so short. If you if you think about it, life is short. And every day is just part of a bigger picture. So what do you want your picture to be i like to think of like man wouldn't it be cool if i live my life worth like writing a book about 
or, or a movie. And so that's kind of what I think living an ultra life is. I want to be present in it all and I want to take advantage of the opportunities I have. So take us out of here. Tell us what we can expect when we come run Terrapin Mountain 50K or half marathon in March. What I really am hoping to foster there, not that it wasn't there already. Yeah, I just want it to be a community that supports each other. A community, whether you are out there trying to crush the race, trying to win it, whatever, trying to PR, cool. If you're out there just hoping to finish, that's equally cool. And we want to support you all. Yeah, and, and beyond that, like, Terrapin Mountain's a pretty gritty race. There's a, a lot of climbing. But but the common denominator across the board, I think, that I really want to build is a place where people feel welcome, no matter what your capability is, because you are capable of more than you think you are. And that's that's the idea I constantly come back to. I'm looking forward to it. And for those of you listening and you haven't, you've been on the fence signing up for Terrapin Mountain, go ahead and jump in. You're going to have a good time. Yeah. And if you uh, have another race that you're racing that you don't want to kind of mess up your training, come out and volunteer. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's a beautiful part of the States, too. So, I mean, it's you're not going to be bored. No. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living an Ultra Life. <laughs>